grass, dock, lake, swimming, kids, dogs, dogs on the beach. Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, Gadget Week. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. Perfect timing to squeeze in a Gadget Week. Mm-hmm. All sorts of news. Amazon, Google, Apple. The gang's all here. Yeah. Yeah, we've got all of them. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Do we have any... I think we have any housekeeping, really. Um, I don't think so, unless we want to talk about the... The end of all things. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be uh, this show and one final episode of Terrifying Robot Dog. Mm-hmm. And then Kelly will be picking up the torch with Third Order starting on November 20th. Yes, that's the plan. Excellent. So we would normally take a break at this point anyway, dear listeners. So we know you're expecting to have uh, a period of a, a blackout period. And when you come back, it'll be all Third Order all the time. Any, any progress there? How's that going? September was busy. There is progress being made. Not quite at the rapid pace I had originally hoped, but there is <laughs> consistent progress. Cool. Awesome. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, October is looking like a busy month. You know, weddings and birthdays and Halloween and mini Halloween because there's a Friday the 13th in October. Mm. There's a lot going on. Yeah, and I've got adventures coming up in November. Yikes. Well, keep your fingers crossed, dear listener. <laughs> Send powerful vibes Kelly's way. Creative vibes. Creative vibes, yes. Exactly. Motivational uh, energy. All right, so let's talk about gadgets. Okay. There are so many things. So we went through a long period where the gadget space was super boring. Mm-hmm. And everything, it seemed like, was happening in the software space. It was like chatbots and and voice computing and assistance and you know there just wasn't it just seemed like a like everything that was obvious was made and everything that was coming out was silly you know but suddenly those the, the sort of assistant trend and all of that is kind of and the ai machine learning and all that is starting to make an appearance and i think it's fair to say we're seeing a new interaction models start to emerge in a certainly in a way that the big technology companies are pushing heavily i suppose it remains to be seen if it'll be adopted but i think it will be i feel like it will be too yeah we're starting to see them take a take more of a hardware approach to pushing those the the software stuff we've been talking about right so if you've got a virtual assistant you know your siri your google assistant your alexa your cortana and you know, if you have that stuff, it needs to be, it still needs to be packaged up in an endpoint. It needs mm-hmm. to have ears and a mouth and maybe a screen and perhaps eyes. So, you know, we're starting to see that. And, uh, and the, the releases just seem to be coming, they're certainly ramping up. Yeah. So if you, uh, I think it was a week ago, might have been, might have been two weeks at this point. Yeah. But, but Amazon announced a whole bunch of new, devices that are powered by alexa so alexa inside yes half a dozen of them yeah it was like uh yeah it was literally six yeah and they weren't just different size versions of an echo either there was the did you look at the the uh i think it's called an echo um button they had a couple of them there was there was one that was an actual echo button and then there was another one that was a i think they might have called it echo spot it was like a 
like a dot with a screen, with a yeah. tiny screen. Yeah, but was, the, um, from what I gather, the button is not itself an Alexa-enabled device, but rather an accessory for other Alexa-enabled devices to use as as a means of, of user input. Or And one of the examples they showed was a bunch of people sitting around playing a trivia game on Alexa, and they were using these as their buzzer. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because I never thought of Alexa as a gaming platform. Right, like attaching peripherals to it. It seems kind of strange. Right. Yeah. But uh, if I remember correctly, I'm probably getting the name wrong, but if I remember correctly, they were saying that the, I want to call it, I don't remember if the name was Button or not, but it's the it's just one of what will be a group of what they, I think they literally called gadgets. They might have said widgets though, but they're, you know, this sort of, the idea being that there'd be this, growing constellation of peripheral devices that you could use to enhance hardware devices that you could use to enhance the experience of interacting with Alexa on uh, something that it was baked inside of, which creates a potentially whole new, that, that sounds pretty fringe to me, but you can imagine that there might be some interesting use cases, like you said, to turn it into uh, like an interactive gaming platform. Like you could imagine, yeah. you could imagine a Jeopardy game easily. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you could imagine all kinds of like educational games. Mm-hmm. So that's that's sort of interesting. Certainly fringe. It's probably not a mainstream use case, but they had, you know, a range of things that are probably probably makes sense, but it's interesting to see that they're bothering to do it. So by all accounts, the the Echo, which is I guess the flagship or the original yes. tall, skinny Pringle black Pringles can style device. Which is also getting an upgrade to include some smart home features to act more as a smart home hub. Cool. So that that the the whole product line is just being extended into different sorts of form factors that serve different use cases. Like the uh, spot is basically an alarm clock. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's got a screen. You can see the time. It's it's sort of a hybrid of a dot and a show. And it seems to be, and it's, it seems likely to predict that eventually they'll just keep on rolling out these different form factors that will make sense as different replacements for things we already have instead of right. being this like wait why do i want this black tube in my kitchen again right yeah yeah I'll, pro- I'll probably get an echo spot for the bedroom just to use it as an alarm clock right we have a dot in there now but it would be cooler if it had a screen mm-hmm. you know and we could just see what time it was so i think that's really interesting and it reminds me of years ago it's probably it's probably eight at least eight years ago because i think cooper wasn't born yet okay I asked for a thing called a chumby for Christmas, which, which wanted to be this so bad, but it was really just like, uh, for, it was just a really lame touchscreen in a, almost like a beanbag housing that you would plug in and it was like Wi-Fi connected. And it was, it really wanted to be this so bad. It wanted to tell you the weather and wanted to give you the news updates and the sports scores and have all that stuff there on your clock when you got up in the morning. I remember that. Yeah, it was a great idea, but the the execution was the tech just wasn't there yet. Yeah, it was like a like a cheap Android tablet with a uh, with a beanbag attached. Yes, exactly. And like a lot of the original cheap Android tablet, I don't even think it was Android. I think it was pre-Android. A lot of that stuff was a nice idea, but they didn't. The touchscreen technology was terrible, and it was really sluggish. And you just cannot pull off a touchscreen interface that's sluggish because it's like wait. Did it freeze? Did I do? Oh, there it goes. Oh, no, wait. Now I've mm-hmm. done it twice. And, you know, it's like it has to be super responsive or it just doesn't work. Um, so interesting to see Amazon really exploding into that space, continuing to uh, attempt to extend what I think 
it's fair to call a lead in the space. Yeah, I think so. But I wonder if these devices are going to appeal to people new to the platform or if it's going to appeal more to people who already are immersed in the, the sort of Alexa ecosphere and they're just going to add additional items to their house. For some reason, like a spot feels less appealing to me than an Echo if I don't have either of them. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe I, I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not sure either. But certainly, certainly the group of people that bought the original Echo were early adopters mm-hmm. and it wasn't cheap. I don't remember how much it was, but I think it was... 200 bucks? Yeah, I think it was 250. Yeah. And the, you know, not, not cheap. It's, you know, it's still the, I think the best sounding one, mm-hmm. but it was pretty expensive and, and, and still I gifted some. Yeah. Yeah. I have one you gifted. <laughs> So you can imagine, so people who are the earlier adopters now, I think some of the smaller ones are like 49 bucks. Yeah. And even the, the newly, the newly updated big Echo is Mm -hmm. the, I believe is down to 149 now. Yeah, I believe so. So you can get, you can get them a lot more uh, affordably and, uh, you know, clearly this is in advance of the the big gift giving season. So Mm -hmm. it's easy to imagine these things being gifted like crazy. I mean, you could put it, you could put it. Even a dot. I bought a six pack of dots that that yeah. you know I put in people's stockings. Yeah, I gave I gave away several dots last Christmas. Yeah, they're just I don't know. They're just super. It I don't know. I think they're great, but I suppose not everyone does. But that if you got a dot, it's and you didn't have any smart light bulbs, you could imagine being a little bit like, eh, what am I going to use this for? Mm-hmm. But if you get the exact same thing, but it has an alarm clock face on it. And now all of a sudden you've got that definite use case. You can definitely use it to set an alarm to uh, and and see what time it is. Now all of a sudden you might also start being like, I wonder what the weather is today. Alexa, what's the weather? And oh, I wonder what, you know, I wonder when my um, shipments are going to come. And all of a sudden you're like, it's like the gateway drug. Because he's like, oh yeah, an alarm. I, okay, I know what an alarm clock's for. I know I use one. This one I don't have to mess with. I can just talk to it to tell it to shut up and and to tell it when to wake me up and to snooze and all that stuff. I don't have to actually move, which perhaps is dangerous, <laughs> but, uh, um, yes. it, it's more, uh, I mean, there's a clear use case for it and it's priced in such a way that, and it's not bad looking either. It's like better no, it's, than most it, looking alarm clocks. Yeah. It's, it's not bad looking and it's not much more expensive than a, I mean, you can buy a cheap alarm clock for 10 bucks, but it's not much more expensive than a good one. Mm-hmm. Right. So super interesting. So I imagine it'll be a bit of a Trojan horse for getting Alexa into houses where people are a little skeptical. What's the use case? I don't get it. Uh, that's a that's a good thought because I, I got my dad a dot last Christmas and I don't think it gets much use. But I bet if I had got him the spot, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it would it would at least be used more as a clock. Mm-hmm. And, and then might lead to, oh, well, it's here and we're using it already. What other things can we do? Right. And one of the promotions that they're doing with the, the, the flagship one, I think it's called the Echo Plus now, uh, is they're for a short time giving away one of the Echo bulbs with it. So you could imagine a situation where, I don't know if it needs a bridge or not, but probably it does. Yeah, it's a Hue bulb. Oh, what did I say? Echo bulb. Echo bulb. <laughs> not a thing. Uh, maybe, Yet. maybe I guessed the future. Oh, maybe. You but, do that a lot. <laughs> unfortunately, it's usually three years too soon. It's really unfortunate if you're Casey Kasem. <laughs> uh, long-time listeners are laughing yeah. at that. So the idea, I, I think the killer use case, the killer use case that's not obvious. So like the obvious use case of having an alarm clock. Okay, I need an alarm clock probably. Uh, but the, the, the thing that people 
get addicted to pretty quickly in my experience is being able to control the lighting and their environment with their voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, the second one, but this is only if you're into music, the second one is being able to control, you know, to use it as a smart speaker to stream music at your whim, you know, and just be like, you know, whatever, Alexa, play dinner music or Alexa, play Jimi Hendrix or whatever. And it's just like, boom, right there. No, no fuss, no muss. As far as I know, I'm not paying for anything. I think it's all prime. I have a mm-hmm. Pandora account, but I don't even bother using that anymore because it's like, it's too much to say. Alexa, tell Pandora to play my Jimi Hendrix station. I'm just going to say, Alexa, play Hendrix. Yeah. So I'm that lazy. Yeah. I, I forgot to mute her before we started, so I can't say her name. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, and one, one, I suppose before we move on from the Alexa, there is one new feature that I think is going to be interesting to a particular class of users, which is previously you could use an Alexa device to call another Alexa device. You could say, uh, what I don't even remember, talk to dad or something like that. And it would ring on their end and they could, I don't know if they'd pick it up. There's also a drop in thing where you can almost walkie talkie your way into another Alexa that's connected. But now they have a bridge that is kind of like Skype, I suppose, where you can say, Alexa, call mom, and it'll call her cell phone or mm-hmm. um, or landline or whatever phone number you have in your contacts uh, for, you know, whatever relative or whoever. You can just call phones with it. You know, it's all of a sudden it's like a speakerphone for regular phones. Yeah. Not limited to uh, just people who have Alexas, which suddenly makes that for people who make phone calls. I think makes it a little bit more interesting. So like grandma for sure, like like the you know our my in laws super super fun for the kids to just be like you know because they love talking to me on the show and they can see me and stuff, but they could use the show to call Gamma and have like a you know sort of a conversation kid yeah. style conversation, right? Right, right. Um, cool. So okay, then we were like, oh, this might make for a good gadget week episode because Apple also announced some stuff. The particular thing that I found most most interesting about Apple was really just the watch. Uh, the new watch has cellular connectivity built right in. Oh, nice. I haven't been, I haven't been keeping up with the Apple watch. So that's it's, uh, so it's no longer dependent on your phone. Like it will connect to your phone and it will connect to Wi-Fi, but it also has LTE and I, you know, I don't have one yet. And then I'm there, you know, something like 430 bucks for the cheapest one. And I have, I have an Apple Watch already that mm-hmm. is on a stand and I barely ever wear it. Right. I just started to say, I don't think you use it. Yeah, it's not my favorite. But uh, some of the, one of the reviews I read was super compelling. And I think it was from, I don't know how to say this, but the website is called Hodinkee or something like that. And it's sort of like a watch porn website where people talk about mostly mechanical watches, you know, like uh, Patek Philippe and Rolex and, um, those sorts of things, but they also do cover smartwatches, and especially because the announcement uh, when when Apple made the announcement about the new watch, they you know said that it's now the number one selling watch in the world. I think by revenue, I don't know how they measured it, but uh, which puts them ahead of Fossil, Rolex, and everybody else. That's kind of crazy, right? And I do, I have to admit, I see them all the time in the wild, all the time. You know, every, you know, half of the people I see like waiting on tables and at my karate class, like waiting in the bleachers for the kids, they're everywhere. Uh, so that's, I mean, they, they, I feel like they crossed the, the hump and we said a long time ago that, you know, compared to at the time Pebble and early Android Wear devices, it, it really, 
was not that great. The experience was not that great. The battery was not that great. It was right. really slow and unresponsive. It took forever to do stuff. The buttons didn't do the things you would think that they would do. And the things that they did do were super weird. And it was like, okay, um, what's up with this thing? And, and I think we agreed at the time that really they released it soon, too soon in a, a rush bit, yeah. to get to market. And it would probably be, th- you know, the third version would probably finally get it right. And this is the third version. Yeah. And it feels like they've they've nailed it now. And you know, this is this is this is a common trait with Apple hardware though. You always want to wait until at least the second or third version. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I mean they do they do perfect things over time. That is their thing. Mm-hmm. So the this was the this is what the watch guy said. So in his review, he was like, you know, he said, I- I've liked the Apple Watch, both the first one and the second one. He goes, but they both ended up in a drawer. And that was the case with me. I kind of like it when I wore it, but it's like, ah, oh, it's dead. I'm just going to charge it. I'll put on my regular watch. Right. And then before you know it, I'm never wearing it anymore. And he said with the new one, you know, it was still, it was still like an early, it wasn't even out yet. He had like a pre-release version of it, but he had a cellular one and he was like, okay, this is a whole different thing. This is completely different. The connectivity and the, the lack of dependence on the phone changes it 100%. And all of a sudden, he said, I found myself sort of spontaneously, subconsciously being like, I think I'll just leave my phone at home. Like, I'm going to, I'm at my office. I'm going to run down to the coffee shop for, grab a quick coffee and come back. I'm just going to leave my phone. Can you pair the earbuds with the watch? Yeah. So he's like, all of a sudden, you know, and he, like, probably I think most people listening to this, the idea of leaving your phone behind is like leaving the house with your pants off. <laughs> right. You know, you're going back. Because you forgot your pants. You're going back because you forgot your phone. And and he was like, wow, like spontaneously after, a, you know, a day of using it and understanding like what it was capable of. He's like, you know, I don't need my phone all the time anymore. And I was like, wow, that would be if that were true, if, if he's not an outlier, that would mm-hmm. be incredible. He was like, he's like my daily carry before the, the watch was like a watch of some kind, usually mechanical phone, wallet, keys. Right. And he's like. Now it's wallet and, and uh and you had and also the headphones because he had to have the headphones for the phone. Right. Now his carry was wallet keys, watch, and one earbud. So which is you know it, it I mean if you if you put all that on a scale it would probably weigh like under a pound. It's not like a lot of stuff. Right. If you if you put Apple Pay on the watch you can potentially eliminate the wallet in some situations. And you can or scale but, down to a slimmer one. Yeah. Right. And you do have Apple Pay on the watch. So. It's like, wow, I think, I'm, I think, I'm paying, yeah, you can pay with your watch. Yeah. So to imagine like, whoa, wait a second. Now all of a sudden, and he was like, yeah, you know, I, I, you're not going to browse a website on your watch and you're not going to write a long email on your watch like you might do on your phone. And here's where he might be an outlier. He was like, but I kind of liked it. It mm-hmm. was, it was a little harder to get sucked into my phone when I was out and about. I had less to carry around and, and I could still do everything I needed to do. You know, I, he would get text messages. He could reply quickly with either with the smart replies or by scribbling because it'll, it does this like scribble typing thing. And it, he was like, and you can make phone calls on it if people care about that, uh, just through the headphones. So you can control the watch through the headphone. And, uh, I, it would be a real, really a waste of money for me to go get one, but I really want to, to try the new interaction model between right. the earbuds and the watch and being able to go out without the phone. And if that really is a, I mean, that could be a, a totally new mode of computing. Yeah, it could be. So the tie in here is that a, a lot of the controls, since, since it connects to the headphones, a lot of the tr- controls become voice type of communications. Mm-hmm. So, you know, telling the watch to do stuff, telling the watch to, to type, you know, sort of uh, dictation, 
to respond to something or to have a phone call or to control the interface using your voice instead of, you know, dorking around with your fat finger on the tiny little screen or like messing around with the digital crowd. Yeah. So I don't think there was much else. There, you know, the new Apple 10 phone with face ID. That's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, we talked about that some last week. Yeah, the watch was much more bit. interesting to me. Yeah. Because it enables this new kind of computing. But then we were like, whoa, it's been Amazon announcements and then Apple had some interesting stuff and like, and Google announced like a new, a new, a smaller Google home. So they're, and then we like discovered that yesterday they had a whole bunch of announcements. Yeah. They had a big, a whole big event. Hmm. And there's sort of a similar thing to Amazon. They're just like dramatically going into expanded, uh, array or assortment of, of devices that are, been reimagined from the inside out with Google Assistant in mind, yeah. Yeah. So what what would a laptop or um, you know, it's really a it's really a convertible. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would that be like with Assistant inside? What would it what would a smart speaker be like with Assistant inside? What would a little one be like? What would a big one be like? What would a phone be like if it, you know, if it had that and it, you, it became a primary means of control through wireless headphones and Pixel Pen and all of these things. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's funny. They've Google has come out with a $1,000 Chromebook, wireless earbuds, and a $99 stylus. <laughs> it feels very Apple. Sound familiar, right? Yeah. Uh, the phone has basically zero bezel, fingerprint sensor on the back. All of a sudden, it's sounding really smart when they did that with the Pixel originally. But so the Pixel 2 is out. It's got Google Assistant built right in. You just squeeze the phone and it comes up, which is wild. That, uh, that is that is wild, yeah. And I I use it a lot on my iPhone and it's not even that easy to get to. You know, you have to unlock the phone, swipe over and tap it. But mm-hmm. then once it's open, it's great. It does exactly what I want every time. Yeah, I'm considering a Pixel uh, the the Pixel 2 for my next phone upgrade here in a f- in a few months. I might do that. Yeah, I I'm super tempted to do that, but yeah, I, I was I was leaning uh, I was leaning Galaxy S8, but mm-hmm. Pixel uh, it's it's <laughs> yes, yeah, it is so S8 is so nice, but this is mm-hmm. you know these are nice too. I mean, this is a nice phone. I loved um, my which was it the Nexus Six that had the fingerprint reader on the back, but it was a little too big for me. That was really the only the only thing I didn't like about it. But I I would you know you're an Android fan. I would I would. Not be surprised if you loved it. Camera's supposed to be amazing. Uh, squeeze for the assistant. I think that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Let's give it a little hug. <laughs> and they're like, you know, uh, 649 You can get them for like under 30 bucks a month with a contract. Yeah, yeah. Reason- reasonable market price. Yeah, for a flagship phone. Yeah. Uh, but they have no headphone jack. Sound familiar? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so it looks like uh, you'd be in the market for Bluetooth headphones, mm-hmm. which you might as well get the Pixel Buds, which is what they yeah, call theirs. Yeah, might, might as well. I, I recently got new Bluetooth headphones that I like quite a bit. Yeah, with bone conduction technology. I got the, the bone conduction headset just so when I'm out and about, I can still hear the environment so I can do things like not get ran over. Mm, that's a nice thing to not get. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you have my eyesight, you rely on your hearing a lot. Mm-hmm, true. Makes sense. So what else did they Google and that's a whole bunch of gadgets. What else do they have? What are we forgetting? We mentioned the the Pixel Book. Yeah, they have the mini mini and max versions of Google Home. Right. The and phone, the, the oh, stylus itself. Yep. I know what we're forgetting. What are we forgetting? The Google Clips. Oh yes, the clips. Those are of all the crazy things they announced that this is craziest. Mm-hmm. So, dear listener, if you uh use 
Google Photos, you know that it has the assistant right inside, baked right in. And it does this thing that seems to be pretty great, uh, where, you know, you take your, I, I, my primary phone's an iPhone and I have it, I have Google Photo, the Google Photos app installed there and I have it set up to import everything on my camera roll as I take it. And, and okay, so you get what you think you would get with that. You get like a giant streaming group of thumbnails of your photos, but instantaneously, as soon as the photo is in there, you can search for anything in the image and it will find the stuff for you. So you grass, dock, lake, swimming, uh, Cooper, Maggie, kids, dogs, dogs on the beach, like whatever. It's like instantly tagged with everything that's in there. So it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And it, it has been, you know, beneficial you know, in the past for me. I'm just like, oh, I'm like, when was that? I don't even know what year it was. How far back am I going to scroll and just search for uh, sort of playground? Oh, there it is. There, Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But there's another whole tab called the assistant tab that does things for you with your photos. So it pre-makes GIFs for you or GIFs if you prefer. It pre-makes <laughs> them for you. So you can, you know, you take like a bunch of, maybe you shoot like 25 photos in quick succession that as the kids are like trying to learn how to ride a bike. Right. And, and it combines them into a little animated movie. <laughs> yeah. So a static file um, format that animates. So <laughs> the, so he, the thing is, it's, it's like, a, it's, well, it's like an assistant. It go, you go into that tab and there's like, it's like surprises are waiting for you there. <laughs> They'll do things like color correct, like, oh, here's a, here's a cool filter. This, this photo would look cool with this filter. So what do you think? You can save it or throw it away. And here's an animation. You can save it or throw away or share it. You can, uh, it'll create photo albums for you. It'll create slideshows for you that you can send to your Chromebook. It does all of these. It takes your pictures and it's like, oh, what, what can we do with these that would enhance the experience and make them cooler? Just kind of automatically figures out what a, a cool thing to do with them and, and does it for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, and it's, you know, sometimes I'm like, ah, eh, whatever, I don't really need that. But that is cool. Like, it always does something cool. Mm -hmm. And what they've, now they've taken that concept, I feel like, and they've baked it right into a discrete piece of hardware. Yeah, a little wearable camera. Mm -hmm. And I used to have one of these things, but I am struggling to remember what it's called. Narrative Clip. Yes, very good. That is the name. And uh, it, this this thing is very similar, dear listener, if you're familiar with the Narrative Clip. It looks a lot like that. Yeah, I kind of wondered, given given the name and the form factor, when I first saw it, it's like, well, did they buy them out? Mm. You know, they might have. They may very well have. It's a sim very, very similar shape. It's bigger. It looks clearly bigger, and it has what mm -hmm. looks like a... It's less surreptitious. It's a little bit bigger, and yeah. it has an obvious camera lens poking out of it. Right. It doesn't look like some object. Or, you, the, it doesn't look like they're trying to disguise the camera. Yeah. The narrative clip definitely looked like they were trying to disguise it. It, was, it looked mm -hmm. like a step counter or something like that. Yeah. With a little pinhole on it. And the way that narrative clip worked was that it just took a picture every 30 seconds. And like always, unless it was facing down, unless it was facing the table. So it was like a little spy camera and it generated an insane amount, an insane amount of terrible pictures. <laughs> yes. And you occasionally... And there was no way to manage them properly. No, it was... I mean, it took... You, you, had, to, uh, you had to plug it in with a wire to your computer and wait four 
forever for it to import. I don't know why, because they weren't that huge. They're big, but not huge. It must have just been an underpowered processor-wise. And then you had all these, they'd be like blurry. And it's surprising, like when someone doesn't know they're getting their picture taken, they look pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> even if the ca- even if the camera was like on a table, you know, because like, for example, at Thanksgiving, I would put it on the mantle and then the sort of day would go by and it would just be taking the same same angle shot all day long and you could make this time-lapse photography of the day. But I'm telling you, like, even if, even if you don't really pose pose when someone's taking a portrait picture of you with their phone, you do something. I don't know what it is, but people, even when they look like it's candid, they know their picture's being taken and they're just yeah. like doing something. They're, I don't know if it's sucking in your gut or standing up straight or smiling a little bit or something. But when you just get like security cam footage of a Thanksgiving, it's not that good. It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just not flattering. And and when you're wearing it around, you're constantly getting like smear shots of a fire hydrant, <laughs> you know, because you're moving and it takes the picture and it's like, it's the really bad. Everything, everything's blurry. Yeah. Okay. So that in a drawer. The one thing about it was the battery was really good. That was nice. But the, this thing, the Google clip is not taking pictures all the time. It's It's like Google Photos right in there. And it's like, watching all the time and then when it sees something that it knows would make for a good picture because it knows it snaps that and it'll either do an animation you know like a whatever a little short animation like a vine or a uh, it'll make a little um, filtered thing it'll crop it it'll it like does all the stuff that the assistant would do but just right in the camera this is insane mm-hmm yeah how long before these become public streams? Oh, seriously, you know? Well, like without you having to review everything first, just how long before they become public streams? Well, so check this out. Here's something Google Photo does that's super cool, okay? It does a, uh, it has really sophisticated sharing. So the, in Google Photos, you can say, since it knows, it knows who people are. And so like, it'll be like, okay, all these pictures are from the same person. And what's this person's name or of the same person? What's the person's name? Oh, that's Cooper. That one's Maggie. This one's Erica. This one's me. Blah, 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 blah. So it automatically creates these smart albums that just contain those things. So then you can say, okay, automatically share anything that has the kids in it to with Erica or yeah, or grandma or whatever. Yeah. And I imagine that you could, that it won't be long if you already can't do it. Uh, it won't be long before you could set this up to to do that, to like stream anything you capture of the dog, but no kids. Right. Uh, according to the, the marketing site, it says 100% private, no internet needed to capture. You'll never need a network connection to capture or view anything. Simply connect clips to your phone to check out what you've shot. Yeah. And, and you don't need it, but that doesn't say you can't take advantage of one. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they have it. Uh, they... The clip is set, it's bigger than the, the narrative clip was. It does not appear, it is definitely not meant to be clipped to your clothes. It's, it's meant to be clipped to like a stroller or, um, something on your backyard or like facing the, uh, like the chalkboard where the kids are playing or something like that. It's, it's really mm-hmm. not supposed to be a piece of clothing. Like you would be walking around. It, it certainly doesn't look like it. You know, like Google, cause Google Glass just like has permanently freaked everybody out with like <laughs> yeah. wearable cameras. Yeah. Yeah, I think they learned their lesson there. Yeah, evidently. So it looks like it's a, I'm sure the tech specs are here somewhere, but just to give you a picture, a mental image, it's uh, 49 millimeters square. 49 millimeters, so it's half. It's five centimeters, so three yeah. inches, Yeah, roughly. That looks about right, yeah. Two and a half, three inches, yep. 
uh, cool colors, uh, fast transfer over Wi-Fi Direct. It does have a shutter button, so you can take pictures with it. Uh, it's got a clip that also functions as a stand. Of course, it's running Android 7. <laughs> it's like a full Android operating system on it. <laughs> so very, it's just an, another example of taking a smartphone, you know, the, the components that are now cheap and easily available that have been built in mass production to supply the smartphones, sort of smartphone industry supply chain. Now people are like, okay, how can we reconfigure this in ways that serve different use cases Especially when we have this concept of like assistance built right in, smarts built right in, and perhaps voice control as well, which means that we can really uh, simplify the con- the physical controls. Super interesting. So like if you imagine smartphones exploding into a million bits and then sort of reconfiguring in these smaller bits. <laughs> it's going like to be a camera and a watch and earbuds and yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it just explodes into all its individual parts. Oh man. So surveilling ourselves. Don't want to miss those shots of the kids, though. I know the feeling. You reach for the phone. It's too late. Ah. Yeah, you just need this little this little virtual assistant up in the corner going, oh, the kids are doing something interesting. I'll take a picture. Yeah. There are even examples of it appearing to pan to follow the action, which I bet you is not the camera actually moving. I'll bet you it's sort of cropping the video down to keep the focus on the action in the middle. Mm, yeah, I would say it is. It probably uses a wide angle lens and uh, wide angle lens, and then uses software to correct for the spherical aberration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they and they've announced in previous year year or two years ago at Google I/O that they were working on cloud technology that did exactly what you just said mm-hmm. uh, for for sort of retroactive retroactively stitching together uh, photo arrays of you know like sixteen GoPros attached to a wheel. You know, all facing out to create 360 uh, photography. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, wow. Interesting that they're going high end. It's not cheap. I mean, they're they're a little bit cheaper than Apple, basically, for each thing. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, they're going a lot more high end than than I would expect. Mm -hmm. All right. Guess we should wrap it up there. Yeah, I guess so. That's probably a good place to. All right. That's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Next week is the last episode of Terrifying Robot Dog. But the good news is you can keep in touch with Kelly and I by going to terrifyingrobotdog.com and clicking on the Keep Me in the Loop button. And that will put you on our mailing list, and we will send out links to you uh, about podcasts that we will be we will be spawning after this one. So we've got Third Order coming up. I've got a podcast called The Business of Authority coming up. I've got another podcast called Ditching Hourly and The Freelancer Show. And you've got our old podcast. You can always cozy up to that is the niche podcast at niche.cc so plenty of options for folks who want to keep us in your ear holes i don't know if that makes sense or is disgusting but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is waxy uh, buildup in here oh dear oh dear me so okay so bottom line go to terrifyingrobotdog.com click on keep me in the loop and jump on the tail end of the terrifying robot dog mailing list so we can tell you where to find us in the future Yes, or you can go straight to thirdorderpodcast.com and join that mailing list. Ah, yes, it is up. Sign up is up. Excellent. Do that.